All right, well, good morning. My name is Tim. I'm the pastor of Phoenix Bible Church and all the way down in central Phoenix. Some of you may have, have traveled there on vacation or I know it's far away. Uh, but uh, I love uh, this church. Phoenix Bible Church loves this church. We just celebrated our fifth anniversary as a church. Yeah. Uh, and maybe this is your first Sunday here. Maybe I've never met you before, but you just need to know as a part of Desert Springs, you're a huge part of Phoenix Bible Church. And so we're thankful for you. I, I love being here to preach to you, uh, specifically today as we close out this series, Parents These Days. Um, I'm a dad. Uh, of three kids, I have a four-year-old, a seven-year-old, and one in middle school, so pray for us, right? Uh, we had uh, our kids uh, in first service, and just for illustrative purposes, uh, they would not go into kids' ministry here. Yeah, you know, just for my reputation and uh, my credibility, and they came down front and just like ran around the whole time. So, so listen, I'm in this with you as a parent, and sometimes as a parent, I feel set up to fail, Anybody ever felt that? Yeah, maybe you got little kids, teenage kids, adult kids. Maybe you don't have kids, but you spent some time with kids and you try to talk to them and you feel set up to fail, right? And I, I felt that way. My wife felt that way a few months ago. She was taking my little four-year-old to the doctor. And they're walking up and my four-year-old is really cute. And they're walking up and there's this older lady that sees them and kind of cuts them off on their path to the doctor. And she goes up straight to, this older lady goes up straight to my little four-year-old daughter and she's like, hey, how are you doing? And she gets all up in her face and she's like, aren't you so cute? And of course, my daughter's four, so she completely shuns her, right? Wants to have nothing to do with her. And, and my wife is like, Tanavi, that's our daughter's name. She's like, Tanavi, say hi to the lady. Like, it's okay, be nice to the lady. And a few minutes later, the lady leans over to my wife in the doctor's office and says, you know, you shouldn't make your kids talk to strangers. <laughs> now, you know those moments where you feel like there's some hidden cameras? That was one of those moments for my wife. I mean, she's like, this older, like, you came to us, lady? I wouldn't want trying to have my kid talk to you. I was just trying to be nice. You seemed like you needed it. And listen, in that moment, my wife felt set up to fail. Okay? You see, here's how it goes for a lot of us as parents. You're in the delivery room, and you just had that cute little baby. And even if he's not cute, they say he's cute. Right? And you're holding them and you're rocking them and you're looking at I can't believe I'm a parent. And then you, you put them in the crib and you know you put the Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys onesie on them because they are God's team and you want good things for your kids, right? Blessing in the name of Jesus. So you put the onesie on them, the Cowboys onesie, and then you pick them up again and, and, and everything's sweet for a few hours, for maybe that day. But then what happens? You go home and you got to figure out sleep schedules. I mean, are you going to have, like your parents did, like the bassinet next to the bed, or are you going to just put them in another room and let them cry it out? Come on. Which one is it going to be? And then they start to grow up a little bit, and you start to think, okay, discipline. Like, uh, if we are helicopter parents, like, they'll resent us. But if we're passive parents, they will run over us. And grades, like, I mean, I know grades are important, like homework's important, but I don't want to crush their creativity, Right, free play, free range parenting, come on. And I want that, but I do want them to go to Harvard though. So they gotta do, they gotta do some homework and we gotta get a tutor. And then you start thinking about phones. Like, phone, they're everywhere, 
Everybody's got a phone, right? They're, all their friends have a phone, amen? Right, your kid's giving you the top 10 list of why they should have one as well. And you start to think, you start to cave, and you're like, well, it would be good for safety if they could call us when they needed us. But then you start to think, what if they get addicted to Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat? And what if they never talk to us again or don't learn social skills? And you start to navigate between all these decisions as a parent, and then you start to think about vaping and sex in 2019 in America with your little kid. And you're just like, man, I, I feel set up to fail here. Anybody felt like that? Yeah. And so maybe some of you have little kids, you feel like that. Maybe some of you have teenage kids, you, you feel like that for sure. Maybe some of you have adult kids and you feel set up to fail because you're like, well, Tim, I, I, I had my chance and I blew it. And I try to talk to my kid and they don't even want to have anything to do with me. Or, or maybe it's not that bad. Maybe they're just so busy, like they got their kids and their thing and I can't really be a part of that. And you feel like, do I, do I call or do I text? Like, do, do I go over unannounced? Or do we just stay back and wait for them to come to us, right? And on some level, all of us in here, in regard to kids, we feel set up to fail. So I don't want you to fail. Come on. It's the end of this series. We're not going to fail. I want you to finish. I want you to endure. And not just endure. Listen, Psalm 127, children are a gift from the Lord. So last time I checked, you don't endure a gift. You enjoy it, right? So I want to help you endure. I want to help you enjoy the kids in your life. So we're going to look at together Psalm 46. So grab a Bible, pull it up on your phone. Psalm 46, the title of the message today is Still Parenting. Still Parenting. Psalm 46, verse 10, says this. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Now, if you're new to church, this is one of those verses that we call a coffee cup verse. And I know it's super weird, so let me explain it to you. It's a coffee cup verse, not just because it's a verse that fits nicely around your coffee mug. Right? We call it that because it seems like, be still and know that I'm God. Some of you have this in a frame. Right? It seems like one of those nice, sweet, cute verses in our Bibles. But we're going to dig into this, and we're going to see there, there's actually some power behind this verse. There's actually some conviction behind this coffee cup verse. You see, the reality is Psalm 46, verse 10, be still. Just take those two words, be still. It literally means cease striving, full stop. Anybody convicted? We don't know how to do that. 2019 in America, look at our culture, we have taken built-in mandatory stops, like stoplights, and we filled them with distraction and busyness. Anybody feel convicted? We've taken built-in mandatory stops like going to the restroom. Like biologically, come on, you gotta stop. But we don't stop, you can't hold me down. Even in the bathroom, like I'm scrolling through my phone, I'm getting things done. And we don't know, be 
still, coffee cup verse, we don't know how to do it. And it's convicting. It should be convicting for all of us because we don't know how to do it. We even, in our culture today, we create new terms like leisure. We combine work and leisure. Always busy. We're working, doing the thing. Oh, let me watch this cat video. <laughs> We're working, getting things done, knocking things out. We're in that meeting. Oh, just check Instagram real quick. And we don't know how to be still. So the psalmist is going to convict all of us in this room. We're all on the same page here. Be still because we don't know how to do it. Now, why is this a problem? Two reasons. One, it's crippling us in ways we don't even fully know yet. Dimitri Christakis, a pediatrician, said this in regard to busyness, specifically with technology. He said, we are in the midst of a large, uncontrolled experiment on the next generation. Do you see what he's saying? We're all guinea pigs. Our kids are, but we all are. We don't know what going, going, busyness, distraction all the time, stoplights, even bathrooms, we don't know what that does to us. We don't know what it does to our kids fully. We, we do know, you can study the stats I did this week, we do know there's a rise in anxiety, there's a rise in depression, there's a rise in distraction, and we know this is crippling us, but we don't even fully know how yet. Second reason why this is a problem, that we're, we're never still, it's not just distracting, it's disobedient. You see, be still, rest, full stop, that's not a suggestion, that's a command in God's word. The fourth commandment, remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. You see, I, I know you because you're like me. All of us right now, we're trying to think about how we are the exception. I mean, Tim, you don't get my career. I mean, even with adult kids and they have grandkids, like, I want to spend time with them, but I'm still plugging away. Like, I have these, these other activities I'm involved in. Like, I don't always have time to babysit the kids and just be still with them. I got stuff to do. And some of you who have younger kids, you're thinking, Tim, I, like, we got activities. We got to churn this out. We do have to get the scholarship. He does have to be the best athlete. Like, I need retirement, Tim. And so i got to work 60 hours a week and churn out the best kids ever and get the best grades. And I don't, stillness may work for you because you're a pastor and only work on Sundays. <clears throat> but it don't work for me. And listen, God made it a command, listen, because if he made it a suggestion, he knew you would make yourself the exception. He made it a command. So everybody has to do this. Everybody has to figure out a way to be still. Some of you think, hey, I don't know if I can do this. Some of you, when you think rest, like be still, you're like, this is my sermon. <laughs> I mean, this is my jam. I've been waiting for this one, Pastor. Like all these strategies and all these things, like, okay, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I am overwhelmed. Even as a parent with adult kids, like they're hard to talk to. And I just... Yes, I need some rest. And you start to think about vacation. And you start to think about Netflix. And you start to think about wine o'clock, right? Like, Tim, I don't ever take notes, but you're like getting out the notepad right now. You're like, amen, we need to rest. Like free babysitting, anybody? We need to rest. And, and listen, rest is okay. I, I'm not dogging on your Netflix. But that's just relaxing. 
not rest, right? We need be still, a full stop, a cease striving. striving. We need that, right? And so here's the difference, just a couple things, some questions to ask. Relax involves these questions. How can I get away for a bit? Hey, what is on Netflix? Hey, it's been a long day. What is so-and-so up to as I scroll through Instagram? Hey, where's the ice cream? That's relax. Here's rest. Different questions. You can write these things down. What renews my mind? What revitalizes my relationships? What refreshes my very soul? There's a difference between relax, Netflix, wine o'clock, and actual rest. Be still, full stop, cease striving. And we need the rest. We need the renewal. We need the restoration. Why? Because no matter where you are in life, especially in regard to kids, if you just relax, like if you just get the vacation, you come back to the same kids, right? If you just stay up late and watch Netflix because you need to unwind, you still wake up to the same issues, but get this, you're more exhausted because you watched two seasons of The Office. Amen? Like the, the, the problems, the busyness, the distraction, the difficulty with parenting kids, it does not go away. But if you rest, if you be still, that can help you to endure and enjoy with your kids. And so we have to prioritize stillness. Some of you, the best parenting method you can have today, the best next step as we close out the series, is you can just prioritize stillness. You get with your spouse and you just say, okay, hey, we don't know how to be still and it's crippling us. We don't know how to be still and it's a command by God. We gotta figure this out if we wanna endure and enjoy our kids. We gotta figure this out. So we gotta prioritize it and you need to figure out there are some things we need to say yes to and there are some things we need to say no to. Like if we're gonna say yes to connecting with our kids, like actually being present with them, we gotta say no to our phones. If we're gonna say yes to family dinner, then we gotta say no to 60 hour work weeks. Right? If we're gonna say yes to some things, we gotta say no to some things because I don't know if you know this, but God is omnipresent, you're not. Right? You can't do everything. Your kids can't do everything. They can't. Right? And you're lining them up and filling their schedules, and you're like, hey, the fifth gymnastics class and the fifth basketball practice and the fifth violin lesson during the week and the fifth hour studying physics, and they can't do it all. And listen, just if you are a Jesus follower in this room, I know not everybody is, but what are we telling our kids when we say, hey, grind out the homework as long as it takes. Five hours, I don't care. Don't come out here until you're done. What are we telling our kids when we say, do that, five hours physics, and then we squeeze in a five-minute devotional, stillness before bed? What does that say we value as parents? So how you parent will show who you trust. Right? You trust in grade, do you trust in morality, or do you trust in Jesus? Right? If you trust in Jesus, God says, you can be still, but you have to prioritize it. You have to say yes. You have to say 
No, so you can endure. You have to experience true rest. But listen, this is not just a, a rest sermon. Again, some of you got really excited about the rest. You're like, Tim, now I'm going home, and we're just going to tell the kids, like, y'all go do something. Pastor said, I got to rest. Amen. Right? This isn't just like a rest, solitude, like get by yourself sermon. This is a rest that leads to a trust. Right, look at verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted among the earth. This isn't just about efficiency. This is about exalting God as you trust him instead of yourself. This is about declaring internally, even externally for some of you, I'm not God. My kids aren't God. God is God. He will be exalted. Did you, know, did you notice that? He will be. Not he might be. Be still. Know that I am God because he will be exalted. He's God. We're not. He will be exalted. We will not be. So therefore, we can be still and we can actually trust him. We can trust him with our hearts. We can trust him with our kids. One commentator said it this way. He said, God invites us to take a holiday, to stop being God for a little while and let him be God. Question. You can participate. How many of you struggle with control? Yeah, a lot of you. Some of you struggle with lying because you didn't raise your hand, right? <laughs> we we all struggle with control, right? We all want to hold things tightly, but here's the problem with that. And you've seen this. I've seen some of the, the, the most Christ-exalting parents. I've seen parents who take their kids to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. That's how I grew up. I've seen parents who are tough and tender, who are kind but intentional. I've seen those parents, but I've also seen their kids 18, 25, 35, walk away from the church, right? And you think, well, no, can't you get a strategy that, where that won't happen? Can't you control it? Can't you put enough guardrails in place where, no, they'll never walk away from Jesus. Like, not my baby? Isn't that possible? And we all know from experience in life, no, we can't. Even if you think you have control, it's an illusion that actually damages your heart. See, here's how it can work. Say you have some good strategies, like you've read the books, Baby Wise, Love and Logic, Free Range Parenting, you know, whatever, float your boat. You got it down. Say you do have little kids, you have the chore chart. And not just like the plastic flimsy one with the magnets, you have like the vintage chalkboard with the calligraphy. Right? You go all out. And say, like, you, your strategies, like, you've honed them in. Say even if you do have older kids, like, you know, I call on Tuesdays, but I don't on Fridays. I visit one week, but then we get, take a couple weeks off. Come on. You know, like, I, I go a little bit close, but then I step back a little bit. And you feel like I got the strategy down. And what happens? For a little while, it works. Right? The kids are cleaning up the house, praise Jesus. 
The kids are, are killing their homework. They have amazing friendships. They're going to church. They walk away from church, and you're like, hey, what did you do at church today? And they're like, I learned about Jesus. I want to confess my sin and give my life to him and praise him all the days of my life. And that starts to happen, and you're like, babe, our strategies are working. Like, we're rocking this thing out, and you go to the soccer game on Saturday, and you're looking at other parents who are drinking away their sorrows with coffee. And you think, I remember what it was like to be you, but not anymore. And you're puffed up because your strategies are working. But inevitably, what happens? Like, the next day happens. <laughs> and your kid's still a sinful, hormonal kid. And so they start talking back at home. And they didn't get their homework done this time. And on the soccer field, they're not scoring goals. They're picking little flowers. And you start to think, well, what happened to our strategy? I mean, chore chart, like, where is this picking flowers? I didn't tell them to do that. I mean, and then you start to, it starts to get to your heart and your identity. You're like, maybe we just can't do this parenting thing. I mean, maybe just like our adult kids, maybe we did blow it and it's just too late. Maybe it doesn't matter anymore. And it starts to affect your very identity, your own heart. Why? Because you haven't come to a place of stillness and trusting in God. You're trusting in a strategy. You're trusting in your kids, those little sweet but oh so sinful kids. I was preaching at a high school retreat not too long ago, and there was a high school student getting ready to start the session. I'm getting ready to teach, and there was crisis because one of the high school students passed out, like blacked out. And, and he came to, and, and later I was asking, like, what, is, it, is something wrong, like heart-related, like family history, like what's going on, is the, is the kid okay? And the, one of the teachers said, yeah, he just drank a whole bottle of Tapatio hot sauce. So he passed out. Listen, some of you, you're entrusting. You're entrusting your identity to that. I mean, you're entrusting your identity to this little kid, and they can't hold up to that. They will fail you, and you won't be able to finish, and you won't be able to endure, and you won't be able to enjoy. Not if you trust in your kids, but if you be still, know that I am God. I will be exalted. I'm going to give my kids up to you, the good days, the bad, the soccer games that go well, the picking flowers. I'm just going to be still and give it up to you. Jesus, God, came in the flesh into your mess to let you know he will not fail you. You can trust him. You can be still and trust in him. So this is a rest that we need to endure, but it's also a rest that leads to trust. Last point. This is a rest that leads to strength. Look at verse 11. Verse 11 says this, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. That word fortress means a military stronghold. I, I love the message version. It says, The Jacob wrestling God fights for us. The God of angel armies protects us. You see, this coffee cup verse has some power behind it, okay? That you are not just being still and trusting something ambiguous to feel better about yourself and your kids. 
You're being still and trusting a God who's strong, who's powerful, who leads a host of angel armies, who's your fortress, a military stronghold. There's strength behind this verse. There's strength when you begin to understand the context of this passage, Psalm 46. Again, really familiar to a lot of us. But did you know, verse 2, bad things are happening. Chaos has come upon people. It says, verse 2, the earth is giving way. Verse 3, the waters are roaring. The mountains are trembling. And this is poetry describing a scene where that's what it felt like. That Psalm 46 is the backdrop describing a scene in 2 Kings 18 and 19 in your Old Testament. And, And there's some power. You ready? King Hezekiah. And the people of Judah, they are surrounded by an Assyrian army, 185,000 soldiers. And they're completely surrounded. You should go read it on your own, 2 Kings 18 and 19. And Hezekiah begins to pray for deliverance. And the leader of the Assyrian army begins to taunt him and mock him. Because if you know anything about history and the Assyrian army, they weren't to be messed with. They had defeated nation after nation after nation. Their reputation was for skinning people alive. And so you got King Hezekiah, the people of Judah. They are surrounded by that army, and that army begins to taunt them and say, hey, God's not, God can't deliver you. No God has delivered anybody from us. But Hezekiah, regardless, begins to pray and ask for that deliverance, believe in this strong God. And if you go back and read 2 Kings, you see that God sends an angel of the Lord And he destroys all 185,000 Assyrian soldiers who are surrounding them. And you see Hezekiah go out the next morning. Just picture this. 185,000 soldiers dead at the hand of the, the Lord. Dead corpses everywhere around. Like the ground would have been soaked in blood. And Hezekiah goes out and he says this. Psalm 46, verse 8. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolation on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Verse 10. Be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. See, it's not just a coffee cup verse anymore, is it? It's a verse of power. It's a battle cry. Listen, I know some of you this morning with little kids who are disobedient and you haven't slept in years. You can't find the remote. Like, it's not happening. I know some of you are here today, and you've walked in these doors today exhausted, set up to fail, overwhelmed. Like, what do we do? I need a new strategy. I need a new book. And you feel like you're in a battle. And maybe you feel like you're surrounded, and not just surrounded, but you're being taunted by your kids or by our culture. Like, you can't raise kids to know Jesus. You, you can't figure out the discipline. You can't figure out public school versus private. Like you can't do it. phones, sex, vaping. 
You can't figure that out. You, you can't even get your own life together, much less get these little lives together. And some of you walked in here feeling overwhelmed as a parent, feeling like you're in a battle. And some of you have teenage kids, and we all know you feel like you're in a battle every single day. And some of you, again, with older kids and adult kids, you feel like it's a battle. Maybe I blew it. And you're thinking, Tim, this is the closing of our parent series. Be still, trust God. Okay? I need more than that. Right? Like, I got this disobedient toddler. I got this rebellious teenager. I got this adult kid who won't talk to me. Like, this is real life battle in my life. And you walked in, you're feeling that, and you're like, this is all you got. Be still. Trust God. And if you're honest, you're like, Tim, I need more than that. Let me just tell you, if that's where you are this morning, you are drastically underestimating the power of God. You see, here's who you're being still. Here's who you're trusting. A God of angel armies. A God who can deliver you and bring desolation on the earth. A God who is a military stronghold, a mighty fortress. Why be still? Why trust God? Why end the series this way? Because that is your only hope. You can get a strategy, but if you don't get surrender, you won't be able to endure or enjoy your kids. You won't. Little ones, teenage ones, adult ones, ones you work with in kids' ministry, ones you try to talk to awkwardly after the service for a few moments. If you don't get surrendering to a powerful God who can actually change your kids, who can actually change you in the process, who can protect them better than you could, if you don't get surrendering to that God, like Psalm 139, he formed their inward parts, not you. He knit them together before they were born. You, you didn't have anything to do with that. God did. I know it's hard for you to believe, but the kids in your life, God loves them infinitely more than you could ever. He'll protect them. He'll change them. He'll rescue them. He'll restore them. Your best bet, your best shot at enduring, enjoying as a parent is trusting that God, not yourself. Some of you, your homework today is you need to make a decision with your spouse in whatever season of life you're in, whatever kids are around you, and you need to just, just say, hey, we need to figure out how to be still and trust God. Strategies, get them. Come to the parenting workshop here next Saturday. Do all that stuff, but at the end of the day, we need to quit closing our hands with our kids, and we need to open them up, but open them up to a strong God who can, who can actually affect change in the lives of our kids. Some of you, that's your homework today as we close out the series. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for these men and women. Uh, I want to thank you for some of these men and women who, if they knew we were talking about parenting, they wouldn't have come because it feels like a battle and it feels like one they, they are losing or maybe one they even lost. And God, I pray for them specifically. I pray for them because you brought them here, not by accident, not just to give them some, some helpful strategies, but you brought them here to bring them to a place of surrender. To, to give up their kids, to give up 
They're little kids, they're teenage kids who are so rebellious and they're not even sure what to do next. To give up their strategies, to give up their own identity and heart, to give that up to you. Because you're a strong God. You're, you're a mighty fortress. You're a God who leads angel armies. You're a God who doesn't just give us coffee cup verses, but gives us the Holy Spirit of God to equip us, to parent well, to invest in the, the lives of the kids around us well, so that we might endure, so that we might even enjoy the kids in our lives. So God, I pray that you would be with us, that you would help us with next steps, that you would help us to surrender to you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Thanks, Tim. Hey, our hosts are going to be passing something around. I'm going to ask you guys to take uh, one of the tassels from these baskets. Uh, we're going to do something a little bit different as we conclude this series. Uh, as Tim said, we need uh, strength, we need wisdom, we need grace. And so what we're going to do in just a moment is we're going to have a time of prayer. Uh, as we've been going through this series, there, I know that for many of us, there's a lot of stuff that's surfaced. Uh, there's a lot of our, our own prayers that we've been praying through this. And so uh, please grab one of those, hold on to it, and I'll give us instruction here in just a moment. Um, I did want to invite you. Uh, next Saturday, we have our parenting workshop and kids pumpkin bash. And so if you've got uh, kids or teens uh, at home, uh, I'd encourage you to join us for this workshop. And then we've got a ton of cool stuff for the kids. That's this Saturday. Visit Direct and Connect for more information on that parenting workshop. And then also today, as a means of concluding this series, uh, we've got a, a, a Amy, who is our Next Gen Minister, and I will be doing a Facebook Live Q&A at 5 o'clock. So that's on our Facebook page. Just look up Dozer Springs Bible Church. Make sure you like the page um, so that you can get information on the parenting Q&A uh, &A that'll be on Facebook Live today at five o'clock. Uh, this would be a great opportunity if you've got any uh, questions you want clarification on, maybe some coaching tips, uh, things like that. We'd love to serve you in that way. All right, so everyone take a big deep breath in. One of the things that Tim reminded us of is that we as a people, we get all sorts of different voices speaking into our lives, uh, different voices speaking into our lives about the kids in our lives. And so whether you uh, have little ones at home, we've got teenagers at home, maybe you've got adult kids, maybe you're a grandparent, uh, aunt, uncle, or a close family friend who's trying to figure out how to uh, help uh, somebody raise the kids in their life, uh, we need Jesus. I know that at least for me, as I've been uh, participating in this series, uh, there have been multiple moments uh, where I've been encouraged. There's also been multiple moments where I've felt like, oh man, I'm blowing it. I need help. Uh, how about you? And so we want to conclude this time together doing something a little bit different. Uh, we're going we're gonna to conclude this time uh, praying for each other. Uh, if you're the praying type, I encourage you to participate in this. We're just going to kind of do it quietly where we're at. If you're not the praying type, I, I, there is absolutely no pressure to participate today. Uh, however, I would say this. Uh, take a chance. Uh, try praying. Uh, maybe even if you're not sure what you think about God, uh, totally fine. I just encourage you, maybe let today be an opportunity where you take a chance. Um, and, and pray and see, see maybe what, what happens. For those of us that are the praying type, uh, here's what we're going to do. Uh, I'm going to ask, we don't want anyone to feel isolated or singled out. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have everybody stand up, please. 
Uh, so if you would please stand up. And there's four kind of categories of people that we're going to pray for. And so here's what we're going to do. If, as I maybe read through some of these categories and guide us through this time of prayer, if, if God brings someone to mind in your life that maybe fits that category that you know could maybe use some encouragement, maybe even a hug today or just a hand on a shoulder, if they're in the room, I want you to feel the freedom to go to them. Um, I know that, you know, uh, for many of us, that might be out of our comfort zone, but I must say it's super encouraging to know uh, when somebody else was thinking about you and praying for you. So, so if, if God brings uh, that person to mind and, and they happen to be in the room today, if you wanna go to them, please feel the freedom uh, to do that. Maybe even if, they, if you know of a specific need that they have related to some of the things we're talking about, I just encourage you, uh, feel the freedom uh, to do that this morning. Um, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna lead us through uh, four different categories of persons in the room as it relates to this parenting series. And I'm gonna ask that where you're at, if you're just kind of quietly, you can, you can do so out loud. If, if that's your, if that's kind of your style, um, but maybe do it quietly so we can pray together. Uh, otherwise, you can just kind of pray um, on your own. And again, if you're not the praying type, just feel free to take this time to reflect. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask that we would pray together, and then uh, I'm gonna come back, give us some instruction on uh, the tassel that was handed out. And so uh, let's just join together in prayer and just start thinking about the people in the room who have uh, little kids at home or maybe teenagers at home, maybe older kids who are living at home. So just thinking about parents who are living in the home, uh, who have kids living at home. And let's just pray for them. So if someone specific comes to mind, let's, let's pray for them or you can pray for the group. Thinking about parents who have kids still in their home and, and let's, let's pray for wisdom. Let's pray for rest as Tim talked about. Praying for the strength to endure the long haul and the strength to be still and even to enjoy this season. as you think about these parents with kids still in the home and as you're praying for them, as the Lord's bringing them to mind, would you just lift them up? We live in a culture that's screaming at us that kids are an inconvenience or maybe just an instrument to live out our dreams vicariously through them. But God, we know that children are a blessing and a gift. And you've called us, for those of us who still have kids in the home, Lord, you've called us to raise them and to steward them and to point them to you. And Lord, we ask for your wisdom and for your grace. Now let's just, as a church family, let's pray over those who we know that have adult children who are outside of the home, maybe, maybe recent graduates, maybe they're off to their own apartment or their own home or maybe dorm rooms, maybe trade school, they're off to a career. Maybe those who have been out of the home, maybe uh, those who uh, have been empty nesters for, for a season. And the dynamic of the relationship is changing and, and, and let's pray for them for wisdom to know when to speak and when to listen, when to step forward and when to step back. And though this isn't unique to this category, I think it is especially felt uh, 
pray that they would sense even now the grace and the mercy of Jesus, especially around the regrets that we have and the decisions that we made that we would have made differently in raising our kids. So let's lift up those that have adult children who are out of the home now. Now let's pray for those who have had to bury their children. A series on parenting in a place that we strive to find encouragement can be disheartening. Even in talking about enjoying our kids, it's so difficult when we've had to bury and all we can enjoy is the memory. And so let's pray for those that have had to bury their children. They would sense even in this moment, the love, the tenderness of God. as they hear these words, be still, they would know even that, that there is no death that is not seen and mourned by Jesus. And let's pray for those or grandparents, aunts and uncles, close family friends who are trying to discern the unique way that God is calling them to live and to love and to set an example for the children in their lives. We live in a culture that believes in the lie that the only one who influences kids are the direct parents, the only one responsible to influence kids are the parents. And, and we know, God, that you have woven us together as a community and a family and that each of us bear responsibility for the kids in our lives. So let's pray for our grandparents, for our aunts and uncles, for our family friends, those who are close, who are trying to discern the, what we might call non-traditional ways of parenting and investing in and partnering with parents. Let's pray for them now. Here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. We handed out tassels primarily because one of the, the key moments in the life of children, at least in our culture, is the graduation moment. It's a season of transitioning out of one phase into another. And to some degree, we're doing that as a church family, as we've heard from God's word, as we've thought about how it is that he's guiding us and leading us. And so what I'm gonna ask you to do is I'm gonna ask you to hold that tassel and think about the children that God's placed in your life. And I'm gonna ask that you would pray for those children. And maybe you've been praying uh, each week as you've been hearing these things. Maybe this is your first Sunday here and, and God's got you here for a reason. But if you would just grab that and pray over the children in your life. I don't know what that looks like for you, but God does. And so let's hold that 
in our hands and then let's pray for the children in our lives. Maybe as we're praying, we're even praying for the type of people that we need to be in their lives, the ways that God wants to shape us to minister and bless the children in our lives. Let's pray that. Father, would you help us to be still and to know that you are God, that you are in control, that you are good. Lord, we turn to you knowing that you love us, knowing that you're powerful to bring these things about. We give ourselves to you in this moment. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm gonna ask that you would hold on to these uh, little mementos, maybe hang them in a rear view mirror, maybe your... Uh, refrigerator, somewhere that will remind you, I would encourage you, this may be a good token that you can place somewhere to remind you to pray for those kids, to maybe even pray this same prayer, maybe even daily, for those that God has placed in your lives. I know that I need strength to do this. I need the wisdom and grace of God to do this. I, I think you do too. And I want to encourage you in this. Jesus loves you so much, and he never calls us to do something without empowering us to do it. And so as we sing this next song together, would you let this be your heart's prayer as we conclude? Let's sing.